previously on Worlds Away. Look alive, everyone. We've got our, our first drones over here. Is the first thing we're going to do on this planet going guns blazing? You see the drone coming around the edge, and it stops very suddenly. At this point, I will take my juggernaut action. Bear with me here. Okay. Uh, I'm going to try to run for the parked vehicle. This is a good day for him? Arno, are you okay? I, I'm hearing sounds. Kieran, connect me to the administrator. Arno, I was hoping you'd call. I'm in the security office right now, and uh, you have until I finish this protein bar to tell me what the fuck is going on. Well, what is it that you want, since you seem to be holding all the cards? You're going to hear their demands, you're going to eat so much fucking crow, you're going to become part bird by the end of it. Austin, drop the gun, tell us what happened. We'll help you. A little over a week ago, I saw a bunch of the, the penna flying toward the mine. I didn't know what a ship would be doing there in the middle of the night, so I went back to check it out. Who or what here is not what they seem. Who's really in control, and who or what here could be a useful opportunity. On the lid, all you see is the Greek letter Xi, and then 326. Do you know how, like, in the movies, when there's a stealth ship, there's, like, a kind of shimmer in the air? That doesn't happen here. I, and I think her mind just goes blank. Yeah. And I think in that second, the next thing is that the ground in front of you explodes. Welcome to World's Way, an actual play storytelling podcast. I'm your game master, John Ossip. And with me today, we got Haley Daria. Hello. Lauren Woolbanks. Dad sounds sad at us. Am I dad right now? <laughs> yeah. 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 Michael Morales. Hi. And Moshara. Happy Pride. Thank you. Um, <laughs> it is, I'm not sad, you know, but I, I, it's just that you are disappointed. Disappointed, yeah, yeah. Finish the statement, father. Uh, yeah, I just, I just okay. really wanted all of our characters to live past the third session. Oh, oops. Uh, but yeah, I, I just want to be clear that you are not my dad. Yeah, that's, that's true. Oh. oh man, all right, we have to do some, have to do some editing now. <laughs> so. All right. Um. So the last thing we saw. This ghost ship appeared in front of you, mm-hmm. and then the ground in front of you sort of exploded. Curse black. Um, so we're going to pick back up a few seconds later, and I think we see the dust kind of starting to settle. Like, the air is very cloudy with this, and I think we also hear some labored coughs from a few of you uh, along 
with the sounds of some small rocks kind of sliding and dropping to the ground. So, Mara, I think you probably got the worst of this explosion just because you were kind of the closest to the front there. Yeah. But none of you were hurt. None of you took any damage. Um, oh. You're just probably shaken up a bit. And, and again, you did succeed on that roll. So, that, so hence the no, you know, <laughs> no damage there. Jesus. But probably covered in some dust and some debris. And I think everyone was kind of knocked to the ground as well. Mm-hmm. So in terms of what's changed, the kind of short pathway that was between the ring corridor that you were moving around from the elevator, the pathway between that and the sort of central pit, which was labeled main descent, that is now also largely caved in. There are still some like gaps between the rocks there. And through those, you can see there sort of used to be this red orange glow from the kind of giant mining machine that was in the middle. And now that light is kind of flickering in and out. And I think you can hear some groaning mechanical sounds from in there now as for the ring corridor itself there are definitely some fallen rocks and debris on the ground but the, that pathway remains relatively unblocked and so at, at this point i kind of want to hear how you're all getting up and reacting to what just unfolded here um so maybe i'll pick on on leela to start but how are we all reacting to what happened um i think leela's gonna be a bit shaken up but she's gonna quickly get um, her reactions, like her her responses, under control, and she's just gonna like dart around. Her eyes are gonna dart around the room and or the the area and make yeah, sure, sure that like see if anyone looks visually hurt or anything. And if it's not clear, like maybe go up to go up to Tamara since she was the closest and just kind of check on her. Yeah. So I think you probably go up to her. How, how's what's Mara doing? Is, is kind of uh, regaining awareness. So like the the ship is it has it disappeared? Did it like go dark again? Do we think it's is it is the ship in the room with us right now? So so I mean the ship is the is the ship here with us right now? Like is she um, like <laughs> is she still no. contemplating her own demise? So, no, so I think the ship would have been on. You definitely can't see it now. It's yeah. on the other side of this of what's now this new cave in is is where it was. Oh, gotcha. Okay, I don't think you right. have any. There's no indication. I'll put it this way that it's still there. Right. You don't hear any sounds of like right. the of a ship and you don't feel that when right before you saw it, you felt this kind of like almost mm-hmm. static tingling yeah. and you don't feel that anymore. Gotcha. Yeah, I think that she's just kind of like going to like attempt to to get up and is incredibly shaken like this is the the cap on multiple now close to death or terrifying situations that she's been in and uh i I don't think she's doing too well mentally right now (laughs) yeah what about uh nasir and arno so i think my reaction is to immediately try and reach assistant director green on comms yeah uh and notify her that there's a ship in the mine that's not supposed to be here okay i think what we see is that you go to send the message you're like pretty far underground at this point and while there are communication systems to like talk in the mine, right that i think you're getting some like low signal warnings right but i think you type out the message and you go to send it and and so you at least can do that at this point uh what's arno doing is everyone okay Yep. As well as can be expected. Mm-hmm. Did anyone see what happened? There was a ship, I think. Do you know what kind? 
do I know what kind of ghost ship just almost murdered all of us? No, I didn't get the VIN on that. Ghost ship? I don't know. I. You tell me. It wasn't there, and then I felt a, a tingling. It's not a very descriptive word, but I, it appeared out of seemingly nowhere and then blew a hole in the ground. And she's going to like gesture at the now like cave-in. Just to, to make it clear, there was a stealth ship that appeared that you were able to detect one way or another, probably... Probably some electromagnetic frequency over here that you just happened to be closest to. At some point, you turned around. It unstealthed to shoot us, and then now it's gone, maybe. Which tells me that it can't stealth and fire at the same time. But did you see any markings on it? Was there anything on there that indicated that it might have been from Consus, from the fleet, from the Republic, uh, from Aventine, perhaps? Uh... I guess, can, can I roll to see, like, if I remember any of this specific information? I, I, I mean, I just think, so this is just, like, the previous roll, right? But I'll just tell sure. you what you remember, which is just, like, you didn't get a look at that. You know what I mean? There was no indication of, of what this was. You just gotcha. got that description of this kind of, like, gray, almost black metal. Um, and then the front, like, there, there were, it was, like, a, a kind of tandem wing formation, which was interesting. I'd say that you remember. Okay. Of kind of, like two wings that were like lower on the front and then some further back ones that were larger. Yeah. And then also there was like a kind of red glow to the front of it, but that that's all I think all you were able to pick up in that split second. Sure. Before exactly. The... Yeah. I think, I, I think I relay, relay that information to Arno like as best as yeah. I can. I think at this point you start to hear from down the ring hallway, the sound of running footsteps. Okay, so before before they get over here, there's some good news. If anyone unconscious is surprised to see us alive, we know it's them, but just play your cards close to the chest until we see them. Yeah. So as you say that, you actually, before you see anyone around the corner, you hear a voice and uh, you hear, Arno, Leela, are you down there? And it probably takes you a second, but you recognize the voice as coming from Maya Webb, who is Robbie's deputy at the hiring hall. And a few moments later, you see her around the corner along with three other people who are wearing kind of like mining attire and safety gear. Well, great to see a friendly face around here. She, I think, goes and like takes in the scene and just says, Jesus, what happened here? Mining accident? (laughs) Yeah, I wish I could tell you. We were around here after we disabled the drones. Actually, how did you know to come here? We just disabled the drones. Austin made it back to the hiring hall a bit ago, said that the four of you had stayed down here and she kind of is looking for you. And I think seeing that you're okay, pauses for a beat, but then she says, um, thank you for helping him. By the way, we won't forget that. Of course. Um, no. So we, we came down and, uh, we were trying to see the area that had been, there seemed to be a cave in. And as we were examining it a little bit more, it, it got a little worse as you can see. I think she kind of is surveying what happened and turns back to you and says, yeah, this doesn't look good at all. Um, We should get up to the surface before this whole level caves in. Yeah, let's do that. So I think at at this point, she, her and like there's again, three other folks with her that are wearing again, everyone's kind of has this like safety orange mining attire on and they're leading you back to the elevator. 
if you wanted to like peel off and say anything with each other, like kind of whispering, you could definitely do that on the way. I just didn't want to cut off the conversation, but I did want to kind of move in mm-hmm. that direction. Uh, Maya, is it possible for us just to stop by the, the security office again? I uh, left something when we were there earlier. Yeah. So yeah, I think, I think you go up to seven then and she says they'll wait for you by the, uh, by the left. Um, so I think it's pretty fortunate that, uh, we're getting the easy way out of here, but we need to figure out what we're going to do when, once we get back. I mean, someone just tried to kill us. Yeah. I think Leela's just going to kind of stare a bit blankly, like unsure of mm-hmm. how to handle this situation. Water's wet. We're in the verge. People are going to try to kill us, but. But who knew we were here? Right. My question is. We actually accomplished what we came here to do. Have we gotten any useful information? We know what Austin told us. Before I was exploded, I did see an unusual marking on a box. And I'm going to relay the um, information, just like to reiterate the information about the... um, Was it the Zai on the box? Yeah. And just to call back to that, so what you saw was on the lid of that container mm-hmm. so it's kind of like stenciled on the lid you saw the greek letter xi which mm-hmm. is these kind of like three horizontal lines and then the number 326 yeah okay here's what we don't know is who attacked us who had a reason to attack us and keep the mind shut down and what they were trying to cover up and i don't think we're going to be able to get that information without raising some unwanted attention to us um I have already sent a message to Assistant Director Green uh, about that we saw a ship in the shaft, uh, so she'll be notified as soon as we get topside and I have service. Yeah, I think um, if you can send a follow-up message, tell her not to act on that while we're still on Consus, that'd be great. Done. But I think we go up, we let them figure out, uh, let the workers and the administrators over here figure out how to reopen the mine, something to that effect, and we hold on to the passcodes for security until we're off-world. They already pointed guns on us to when we were landing. I imagine the only leverage we have to get off safely is to keep the codes with us until we're safely away. We already know that they can't get in here without those codes, so um, it's our only leverage to get off. Hmm. So I think at this point, you probably had uh, make your way back to the elevator. It takes a minute or two to make the climb, but eventually you see natural light again as the elevator kind of slows to a halt at the top of the shaft. And as the doors open up a few dozen yards in front of you, you see Katia Leclerc, Kieran Cunningham, and two guards flanking them and also kind of surveying around. You can't be sure how many total there are, but you probably see maybe five or six other guards just like surveying the damage outside uh, from the sort of entry escapades and, and also securing the mine. And the four of you are also with Maya Webb and the three people that were with her. And so seeing you walk out of the, of the elevator, Katia Leclerc kind of turns to you and says, excellent work you four. Uh, I think I speak for all of the people of Consus when I say that your efforts will be fondly remembered. Ms. Webb, I believe that your colleague, Mr. McGregor, is waiting for you back at your hiring hall. You should 
be grateful to have someone so fierce as him as your representative. And she's kind of staring at you, Arno, intermittently as she's saying this um, and says, despite the recent downswings in yield, we have an agreement in principle, let's say, with Mr. McGregor. The same pay rates as my predecessor, as well as a planned increase in three months, provided that certain benchmarks are met. And Maya Webb looks kind of like sort of narrows her eyes a bit, but then turns to the four of you and kind of says quietly, are you going to be okay here? We'll, uh, we'll be okay once we get back to our ship. She nods, and I think that she and the three other miners who are with her kind of uh, head to the gate and walk off. And as Maya leaves, I think LeClaire kind of walks up and gets closer to you so you can kind of talk without anyone else hearing. And she kind of leans in and again, is mostly focused at you, Arno, but, but is definitely saying this for the whole group to hear. She says, I've tried to be very accommodating of the four of you, despite some regrettable interpersonal conflict. And, and at this point, she's kind of staring directly at you, Arno. And she says, but I'm going to need some explanation of how things started blowing up in my mind after you already disable the security drones it's not your mine yet and it might not be if we don't get access to our ship immediately i think i'm gonna pull out my slate Mm -hmm. uh and i'm just going to like hit send essentially (laughs) again like i think my last thing is katia leclair and i think i'm just gonna hit send again and i was like the republic is more than happy to cover the damages and I'm just going to walk away towards our, like, I'm just going to leave like after I hit the send button. And sorry, what did you say? I don't know if I understood what did- I'm just resending the money I sent last time. Like, oh, okay. Whatever. At least sending more money. Okay. Yeah, I'm just, I'm just, we're covering the damages. I sent her the money and I'm not going to explain a word to her. Okay. I think she kind of like looks confused. Does she get like a notification on her slate where it's yeah, yeah. like money transfer coming in? Yeah, Excellent. I think that she's like, yeah, I, th- I think she just looks confused and is trying to think at the fact that you just did this and she doesn't understand why you did this. Uh, I think for just for the the team, like I am avoiding her at this point, like I'm yeah, not yeah, interested sure. in discussing what happened in the mines. So like, I think confusion and also like, a, like not wanting to look a gift horse in the mouth is sort of what I'm banking on and yeah. trying to get away from her as quickly as I can. Yeah. I'm, I'm happy um, to just uh, like not break eye contact at any point with her at this point, like right now. Yeah, I think she just squints and after looking at the slate, puts the slate back in her pocket and she says to you, Arno, despite the chaos that seems to follow you everywhere, I will uphold my end of the deal if you can get out of my hair now. I'll make some appearances the next few days, let folks know how helpful you've been, and to thank you for the peace and goodwill blossoming here on Consus. But I think it's, frankly, in everyone's best interest if you bid us farewell now and send me the codes, as you promised. I, uh, again, will uphold my end of the bargain once we're off-world, and, uh, yeah, I think we can get out of each other's hair. 
Arno is bald. <laughs> <laughs> Thank you, Lauren. <laughs> Just making um, sure it's not a visual medium. Yeah, and uh, you know, a, a little. Uh, and you, if you could send me a mailing address, I'd love to send you a box of coffee protein bars. She scoffs and says, um, "Well, until next time," and sort of gives like a very sarcastic nod toward you. I just want to say it's taken all of Leela's years of training to like keep her shit together in this yeah. particular conversation because of how wild it's been. But I think I I speak for everyone when uh, I say we should get the heck back to the ship. Yeah. yeah. They start hustling. And I think Mara's going to lean over to Leela and be like, was that strangely sexual? <laughs> oh, yeah. 100%. <laughs> so, okay. You make your way back to the landing pads, I think. Uh, I, I think I'll say Kieran drops you off and gives you one last like wave farewell and the the cape and the sunglasses but you're at the landing pad and i think the kind of guard or police presence has dissipated largely from around the ship um so it seems like you're kind of under less scrutiny at this point um i think as you approach like sasha green meets you there and the ship's kind of like preparing to leave i think you hear some sounds of uh things like revving up but she kind of takes the four of you aside and and says I got your message, Nasir. What else did you find? Um, we found a disgruntled employee, uh, some marked crates, and a secret ship. Uh, I will leave the details to Miss Belova. She had the best line of sight. Yeah. I guess I'll just re-describe with the, yeah. the especially the the wing structure that you kind of highlighted. Yeah, so you relay all that and Sasha Green says, I'll get a message off to the director now, but you'll definitely want to brief him on this once we arrive at Ascension. I wasn't sure there'd be anything left to find by the time we got here, but this sounds like our first real lead. You did well out there. Oh, the show's not over yet. And uh, without saying another word, I'm going to start walking over to the loading ramp. I'm going to take off my shoe coverings, toss them aside, yeah. and walk up onto the ship. Yeah. shoes. And I think, like, I don't think it's like, oh, everyone's shoes dissolved or something like that. But I do think it's, like, it's definitely, like, worn down a lot from your uh, traipsing through the mine at this point. So I think as you all get on the ship and, and as the engines of the ship kind of roar to life... Um, I think we cut away and we see Yoko Tabata, who is the woman in the blue bucket hat, sort of following the penna with her binoculars as we see the Phaethon lift off in the landing pad and rise up into the sky. Miss um, Belova, a minute if you have, please. Uh-huh. I um, think it's our turn to uh, on our side of the deal now that we're getting out of here, but... um. I yes, the deal. Send, yes, let's. I think let's we only want to send. <laughs> please go ahead. I didn't mean to cut you off. Y'all can't see the face that Lauren slash Mara is making, uh, but it is an indignant face at being interrupted by a man. <laughs> <laughs> yes, let's let's discuss that mystery deal that seemed to generate between you and Administrator Leclerc out of seemingly nowhere. I have no idea what you're talking about. Mm-mm. Again, you can't see Lauren slash Mara's <laughs> face, but that face was indignation at being condescended to by a man. I 
She's actually going to like take a step in. I don't think this is the direction you want this conversation to go in. (laughs) How about we start over? (laughs) Miss Belova. You can just call me Mara. Mara, whether or not you're happy with whatever happened in the security room or what I could have said in the security room, the end result is the workers get to work. The administrator is under our thumb and we've achieved peace in our mission without firing a single bullet. Now, I'm sure that the very, very corrupt administrator was not happy to be strong-armed into such an arrangement, but I don't think that there was an outcome that was going to satisfy us and her, and we're probably all the better for it. And she's going to take out her slate. And I think she's going to start like logging in and doing stuff. Be like, Arno, I I think you misunderstand. I'm not irritated that you successfully pushed our mission forward. But we, and she's going to look him dead in the eye. Mm. We have many more planets to go to. And. This time your secret deal worked out very well for us, but maybe next time it won't. And I suppose what I'm saying is we need to start trusting each other if this is going to be successful. And she's going to like punch it in to, to send out the codes. And wait, stuff. wait, 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 don't do that. <laughs> okay. Well, all right. Then like. No, wait, before she you send stops, that. She just, stops. She just, stops. Just, just before, before you send that. Very cool line. I think we agree on most of that. Before before you do that, remember, only send her one set of passwords. We have the administrative password. And if you wouldn't <sighs> okay, mind, fine. Here, you think I'm a moron. Tablet. Got just, it. Just hand me your she's going to no, 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 click it and no, no, walk just, away. Just, just hand me your slate really quickly. Just really quickly, really quickly, really quickly. Uh, we want her to know that we have the other passcode because we need to keep her in line. I'm going to note that you, again, cannot see Lauren slash Mara's face, but this time she's indignant about being once again condescended to by a man. It's going to become readily apparent as she attempts to log in that there are higher level authentications she's going to need. Would you mind just telling her at the end of the of your message, play nice and then send the code? Just a little snark for me. Lord. And a yeah, bit, bit. she'll acquiesce, um, but <laughs> like this is uh, like if this was like a telltale game or something like that, it would be like your relationship with Mara has <laughs> minus one. <laughs> so she's going to finish finish her like third attempt at storming off. Well, thank you anyway. Mm-hmm. <laughs> so your ship kind of blasts away from contest and the, you see the planet growing smaller and smaller. Um, but eventually you feel the acceleration of the ship slow and then finally stop as the Phaethon begins to coast. And so I'm actually going to ask this to Lauren since Mara is the kind of resident engineering and technology expert of the group. Mm. But do we think that there's some kind of like sound on the ship when it starts up its contramatter drive, which is the kind of faster than light travel? Or is it just kind of silent? Like, what is that sound like if you're sitting inside the ship? Oh, yeah. Oh, cool. Um I imagine there might be a slight sound, but, and you can, you can shoot this down, right? I think there's like actually like a feeling in your body. Like, oh, interesting. 
like maybe the beginning of like when you like drop down a, oh, a roller coaster. I like that a lot. So yeah. like, like there like a there is a some sort of like uh, molecular like reaction that happens to yeah. tell a human being shit's yeah. going down. And I think like the way that I have conceived of this, you know, obviously all of any kind of fast and light travel has a little bit of the fantastical to it, but the way that I've conceived of this is it has to do with kind of like bending space. So this is kind yeah, of like yeah. the like the classic like warp drive concept. And so I think that that the idea yeah. that there'd be some feeling associated with that thing spooling up, that makes a lot of sense to me. Yeah. So yeah, so I think I think you all start to feel that uh, kind of you know maybe again there's like a little like a slight whine of the ship like spooling it up. I was going to say it. kind of the 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 HBO like whoa just yeah. like a little bit of that in the background. <laughs> yeah, sorry um, TM TM sorry trademark. TM, right, yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> um, but yeah, yeah. So I think you you hear that slight sound and and again kind of feel this feeling in your sort of in the pit of your stomach. But um, outside the windows, if, if anyone's looking, you see the stars kind of start to bend and distort. And it's kind of like it, it looks a little bit like, you know, the waves in the air when you look out over a hot road. I think mm. it's kind of like that effect sort of out the window. And then as that kind of feeling in your gut sort of reaches its peak, there's a flash of white and after this, you see the stars again, but they all seem to have like a slight, like the slightest kind of distortion or streak to them. And it's kind of like someone pulled them all in like a slightly opposite direction from your ship. But everything out the window is kind of seen through a blue glow. Um, and this kind of surrounds the Phaethon in all directions. So at this point, um, it's going to be the better part of a day before your ship reaches Ascension, um, which is a sort of like central trading hub and it hosts the main Republic presence in the verge. So you definitely have some time to rest uh, during this trip, but I also figure this is a chance for any conversation that you want to have as a group. So I think, I think Mara will like help, you know, like gather the troops and like instigate like a post mission debrief situation. Okay. So we're all kind of sitting around a table eating out of our future astronaut food, whatever that looks like. And um, I kind of view it as like we're all kind of sitting there not super talking. And mm -hmm. then Lila's just going to kind of break the silence and be like, so Arno, are you going to fill us in on the details of the uh, deal you made? I wasn't planning on it. Mm. Mm -hmm. You don't think that the other three members of your team here deserve to know what deal you made on our behalf no i just thought it was obvious enough that you figured it out by now well there was clearly a deal i think it's not so clear what dirt you had on leclerc or what you threatened her with beyond access to the mine well we got onto the planet with guns pointed at us and we got off the planet with guns not pointing at us in exchange for passcodes to a to a mine security system that they needed access to feels pretty cut and dry for what it's worth, I appreciate it. And then I, like, will stick my fork back into my bowl and just mm -hmm. continue eating. She even thanked us for the for the service and made that whole show of thanking the Republic. I think it works out pretty well. I mean, she's still in charge on that planet, and now we've made an enemy of her. Doesn't seem like that's the best course of action. No, we've made a service of her. We won't... To kind of more address your concerns, if we end back up 
on Consus, then we won't have an issue with the drone mine situation. I, just going to like pointedly stare at Arno, added a higher level authentication, a backdoor, so to speak. And she won't be able to use these things against us or the miners. It doesn't matter if Katia Leclerc likes us or not. Katia Leclerc is powerless at this point because if she steps out of line, we have the other passwords and then somebody else becomes our problem. But everybody else on planet, happy with us. When Arno says Katia Leclerc doesn't matter because Katia Leclerc is powerless, I think my fork sort of freezes halfway over my bowl and I put it back down. Uh, and I will just look up slowly and look directly at Arno. You shouldn't underestimate the people of the Verge. And I will take my food and I will leave the table. Mm. I think Lula's been kind of leaned leaned back in her chair with her arms crossed, and now she's going to sit up a little bit more and she's going to say, I mean, I don't disagree with Nasir. You may have outplayed her in this hand, but she's still at the table. She's still got a lot of chips in her control. We didn't leave without insurance. I do think the larger concern is the ghost gunship that almost murdered us. Um, I understand the threat of Leclerc. However, we should probably discuss the other, you know, um, again, ghost ship. Fair enough. Okay. If it was Leclerc that sent the ghost ship against us, she'd be pretty surprised that we came out of there unscathed. I don't think it's anyone on Consus, or at least I don't think it's her. It could be Aventine, it could be the company that she works for, it could be any number of other things, but at this point, all we know is that somebody was covering something up and they stayed around long enough to put the drop on us. I don't particularly like that feeling, or the receiving end of that feeling. I guess the question is... Who do we want? Obviously, we shared the information with Green. However, who do we want to tell about the symbol and the numbers that we saw? I say we keep that pretty close to the chest. That that symbol, those numbers, that could be the clue to connecting other incidents to this one. That could be the smoking gun. We need to we need to collect more information. Sure. But it's obvious that well, if we can draw a connection between the ship and the symbol, whoever this group of individuals is has access to extremely stealthy, high-powered machinery. And if we start running our mouths about these two things, I don't think we'll be able to run them for long. Yeah. Um, if it's all right with you, I think... I can pass this along to FSOC and we can see what covert information we have about this because the alternatives are we go through civilian channels, we go through non-secure military channels, or we have to do this the old-fashioned way in person and I don't know where we would begin. I suppose I'll have to be the one to say it. How do we know FSOC aren't the ones behind this? Mm -hmm. Whose side do you think FSOC's on? I mean, I'm no politician, but seems like Evelyn Lee is against the war and FSOC, 
being an instrument of war is rather for it. FSOC is for preserving the Republic. And if the Republic is at war, that may mean being at war. But FSOC's not going to go around starting shit. Is that right? Is that what you've been doing for the past 20 years? Not starting shit? Damn right. I'd ask you what you were doing for the last 20 years, but you were in diapers then. Okay. So maybe you stay in your lane for this one. <sighs> All right. I see I've uh, found a sore point for you. This is going well. So I think at, the, at this point, we kind of cut away from that conversation. And Leland, Sierra, I know you wanted to have a conversation. So uh, what does that look like? So I think... I mean, I guess my question is, is Leela, where are you right now on the ship? Uh, so I think this is sometime after uh, that, that last scene. So Leela is um, in her cabin. So I think you just in your cabin, you just hear. Yeah. So I think Leela is she is currently the two um, sticks, the bastions that she used in the previous fight with the the drone they yeah. got a little bit damaged up, so she's kind of like sanding them down and um, yeah. kind of just fixing them up. Um, so she's just going to look up and just say, it's open. I think the door is going to swing in uh, and this year is going to be standing there in like light blue linen pants and like a, one of those shirts that like folds over at the front all the way to the other side. Um, and that's like a navy color. Um, may I come in? Yes. Miss Malik, I wanted to apologize for our early conversations with Miss Leclerc on Consus. Um, you are our negotiations expert, uh, and I interrupted the conversation, uh, and I didn't want, uh, any offense. I have a great deal of respect for the Sato Institute and your expertise. Well, Mr. Badock, I think you were able to join in and be effective. I I have no issue with you joining the conversation. Uh, when Leela says that, Nasir, I like my shoulders will visibly relax, and I'll like let out a breath, and there'll be like a, a like a little wry smile on my face, and I'm gonna say, to be honest with you, I'm surprised at work. I assumed the Lee campaign would have cut off my access to slush funds a few weeks ago. I suppose we won't be able to depend on them for very long, but better here in the Verge than on Earth getting some staffers drunk. I mean, I wouldn't mind getting drunk here either, but <laughs> I suppose we, we put President Lee's money to, uh, to good use. Uh, I always try to. Uh, I'm going to turn to leave. And then just when I get to the door, uh, oh, uh, I wanted to ask, um, in the mine, I was having a, a good deal of trouble, uh, calming Mr. Reed down. Uh, but y you seemed to, to completely calm him with just a touch, honestly. What was that? Austin... Austin was just scared. He he needed someone to talk to. I calmed him down. Just uh you know, just a few words. 
That's all it really was. And I think Leela's gonna kind of look down at her the sticks that she had in her hand and, and go back to sanding and like stay pretty focused on uh, on that. Okay. I think when she gives her answer, my eyes will narrow and my eyebrow, one eyebrow will raise really high for just a second and then my face will go uh, neutral again. Um, have a good evening, Miss Malik. It's Haley. Thank you so much for tuning in. I hope you're enjoying the show. Okay, now listen in. The rest of the team is expecting me to tell you to share the podcast with, I don't know, I guess people who would like it or something. And yeah, tell your friends and family. Talk us up at work. Hell, tag us at Worlds Away Pod on social media. But here's what I really want. I want you to share us with someone you think would hate this. You know that person in your life. They get way too into the things that they dislike. They have a critique for everything. That's who I want. Compliments, they're fine. But what I really feed on is the spirit of the haters. Bring them to me. Oh, shoot. Hold on. They're coming back. Hold on. And you can find us online at worldsawaypod.com. Thanks again for listening. Now, back to the show. Remember what I said. Haters. After another few hours, Sasha Green kind of comes around and knocks lightly on the doorway into the, the common room or goes and checks on you in your rooms. And she says, thought you might want to know that we're dropping out at Ascension soon in case you want to come see. Yeah, for sure. John, has has Arno been to Ascension? I think Arno ha- has not seen it because it was being finished after the war, right? It was kind of like under construction, I think, when the war broke out and was kind of finished recently. Yeah, Arno's there, why not? Yeah, with mug in hand or... Mug in hand, of course. Yeah. Leela's going to grab her sketchbook and also oh, that's join, cool. to, join to see what see what happens. So I think you're all kind of up and looking like kind of come up to the cockpit and are kind of looking out forward through the windshield. So kind of where you were when you were approaching Consus and the ship kind of drops out of fast and light travel. And so we see the the process from earlier unfold in reverse. Um, so there's kind of a flash of white light. And I think you get that feeling in your stomach again. But then the stars kind of return to normal and the blue glow vanishes from the windows. So at first, the star field in front of you just looks completely empty. It seems like you're kind of still in empty space. But eventually you start to see a white dot in the center of the windscreen, um, and it's glowing slightly brighter than the stars around it. As you get closer, the white dot starts to take shape, slowly becoming a giant spinning ring. The ring is thousands of feet across, uh, connected by four equally spaced arms to what looks like a massive satellite dish in the center. Along the inside of the ring, as you get closer, you see two short lines of glass and metal pods traveling in opposite directions around the ring's circumference. 
and then toward the outside of the ring you start to see and again these just look like dots at this distance but as you get closer you see that there are a line of ships uh, a short line of ships waiting as you continue to approach the ring you see that on the outside circumference of the ring there are these occasional projections sort of jutting slightly out from an otherwise smooth edge and as the ring spins around you see the ships that were lined up entering those openings almost scooped up by the ring's rotation into what you now understand to be hangars with other ships leaving out the back before flying away from this city in space. Uh, and at this point, as the Phaethon approaches, you hear the pilot break the silence calling the station on the radio. And she says, Ascension Control, this is the RSV Phaethon request for public docking. Uh, And then you hear, after a few seconds, a a voice come through the speakers on the deck, and you hear the controller respond and say, Faith and Ascension Control, welcome. Unable request due to traffic. You'll have to take general docking instead. Clear Corridor 2 approach. Expect docking bay B06. Understood. Corridor 2 approach, and we'll expect B06 for RSV Faithen. And then the radio kind of clicks off. The Faithen cautiously approaches the station at this point and lines up underneath the ring behind two other ships. And as you wait, you kind of see that the ring rotates further to reveal one of those projections dipping down below the bottom of the station, which you now see contains a large entrance ramp that's filled with these flashing lights. The Phaethon follows those other ships into the docking bay, and eventually you make your way to a space toward the side that is labeled in kind of stenciled writing B-06. And uh, your ship settles onto the metal hull of the station and you hear, well, you feel like the thump of the ship touching down and then you hear the sound of these clamps attaching to the landing gear as a sealed tunnel extends to connect to the Faith in Zerlock. Uh, what do you all do? I'm going to look over at Mara. I think there's a misunderstanding between us. And if you'd like, I'd like to show you the work that needs to be done now. I will keep an open mind. So as you, I I think the door opens at this point and Sasha Green leads you through this tunnel that kind of connected to the, the ship. And I'm kind of imagining like a, like a jet bridge or one of those, the sort of ramps that connect to an airplane, but it's, it's perfectly round instead. um, and kind of like a straight line, but you walk through the tunnel and then you start to wind through this series of narrow corridors and, and up some ramps Um, until you emerge into a large entrance hall, which looks closest to the customs area at an airport. You see that there are like a few lines of people in front of desks, and their appearance ranges from excited to bored to exhausted. But instead of joining those, Sasha Green leads you off to the side, where there's a separate entry line that's labeled diplomatic. And um, you go there and you sort of tap your slates and also you walk through some kind of security scanner. And I think Arno, you would know that you can't bring weapons uh, with you onto Ascension. <laughs> so I don't know if there's any attempt to do that, but uh, this is a little bit higher security than Consus, I think. No, there's just an eye roll. Yeah. <laughs> so, um, so yeah, you, you tap your slates and walk through and I think it's a pretty expedited process given your kind of diplomatic status. But eventually you sort of make it past this checkpoint and walk through a set of sliding doors and out onto uh, what I'm going to call a street for the uh, ease of conversation. 
but it's really closest to a like I, I guess the appearance is it's closest to like a wide hallway inside a mall or an airport and this is the kind of central corridor that travels the entire circumference of ascension there are a few people around mostly just passing through but a few going sort of into the docks or into other structures that are uh kind of lining this walkway uh but a bit a few turn their heads to look at you i don't think fully understanding what's going on yet but sort of giving some looks at the new arrivals above you the upper sides of the walls and the ceiling of this ring are largely transparent uh with a a view looking off into space and you also can get a side view of this large dish that's at the center of ascension's ring and at some point as you look up half of your view is blocked um when the cars of the sort of people movers zoom silently overhead past the windows. So yeah, what are, what are folks looking at? I want to kind of get everyone's reactions or see what folks are looking at at this point. Um, you said it's like a hallway, like in a mall is, are there like what's on either side? Um, yeah. So I, I think uh, where you are, which is kind of this exit and entry point for the docks, it seems like most of the space on the sides is taken up by that so sort of um in and out of uh almost like a like like a gate area or like waiting areas to get in and out of um spacecraft that are docking or leaving here there might be some small shops like so very you know very again like airport terminal vibe for what you're seeing um but there's a few other kind of nondescript buildings that and, and again it's like structures it's almost like sort of like stacked offices again that you would see at the side of like a and again, using that description of like the wide mall walkway, but it's like instead of a storefront, it's like, oh, this is kind of just a teeny office building on this space station. Fascinating. And it's kind of checking anything out here. Any uh, what's kind of drawing people's attention? Yeah. Arno is actually scoping out everything. Um, he wants to see if he's drawing it like a station is pretty busy. It's pretty unusual for folks to pay attention to anyone coming in and going out. Um, and he's just looking out to see if there's anyone that's looking out at us or for us okay um i wasn't imagining a role here but i think we're gonna do a role so yeah so go ahead and roll scope it out mike all right yikes a three holy shit oh oh man okay or uh arno's too focused and trips on lands on his face man okay well it's Um, you get xp yeah okay so that's a fail yeah go ahead and mark xp yeah fuck man jesus we suck at this um, Arno is the worst at stealth, it seems, for a special ops agent. So I, I think, oh, yeah, I'm trying to think of how this goes down. So I, I think you're, so can you describe exactly like how you're trying to look? Like, give me a little more detail on what you're trying to do to sort of scope out the situation. I guess what Arno is doing is like looking at any points of entry or like other connecting hallways, things of that nature, where people are just kind of standing around yeah, um, and looking at people and kind of like looking at their faces and just trying to see like who's making eye contact with him when he looks at them and like how they sort of react to that. Yeah. Okay. And and let me just get really quick. So Mara and Nasir, what like again again? I just like really like kind of what's drawing your attention and just kind of looking like generally not to get into a ton, but just like what what are you kind of taking in as you walk in this space station, which is kind of like again nothing like anything you've ever seen before. So I think the fact that, uh. I was fully expecting to be dealing with stuff that I was like relatively familiar with. And that's actually what I was nervous about being here. I think despite myself, 
I my eyes sort of go wide and I'm like mm-hmm. looking up and around and sort of the the sort of vastness of the place. You know what I mean? Yeah. Um, and I think the like a smile just sort of cracks onto my face, and I think it's very reminiscent of like the shit eating grin I described in the flashback. Is that just despite like everything that's happening, like it's incredible that humanity is capable of building a city in space with no anchor. Yeah. Okay. And what about you, Mara? Yeah. I think that, um, she's kind of appraising the, like the polish of the machinery. Um, and so like, I assume because this is like the, the crown jewel, right? Like the port that makes everything happen. It's absolutely state of the art. And then on top of that, like they've also spent time, into developing it as like an architectural wonder so there's not like you know there's not a lot of exposed you know wiring or machinery except in a way that like embellishes or kind of brings people's attention to how great in the like kind of prosperity and uh and in power of projecting presence across the the galaxy i i think that's right i think the one I think I, I kind of add like two yeah. like two additional flavor points on that though. It's like sure. I think the one time that you are getting some like exposed stuff is when it's a sign of progress, right? In the sense of it's like oh somebody's adding to something or building this up just because this is such a new thing that it's like almost like still getting added to by the sure. the sort of smorgasbord of the verge. And I think like this part of the station that you're in is very like utilitarian. Like it still has all those things you said, but this is like the more. I don't want to say generic is not the right word, but uniform in the sense of these are the the docks for the ships Modular, to come in and out. Yeah, sure. But I think you also are seeing that there, even in some of the storefronts, you get the idea that this is kind of a a bit of a melting pot in terms of whatever like culture that has developed throughout the Verge and these different colonies and planets in the Verge that all have this representation on mm-hmm. Ascension. But I think as you're all taking this in, and, and Arno, I think you're kind of scoping out and trying to see like how are people reacting to you and you see it like in front of you you start to see people like take notice and they start like i think people are kind of like whispering and pointing and i think you kind of turn around a little too slow to like and all of you are kind of like moving ahead i think like looking up and around and kind of moving through the hallway and and you're kind of like scanning ahead and i think you turn around when you realize that they're not just looking at you but they're also looking past you and you turn around like a second too late to not have the distance close. And you see probably like 10 feet back from you, a group of people that are, is, is like walking toward you deliberately, um, all of whom are wearing what look like these green brown military uniforms. And Arno and Asir, at least the two of you recognize these as Aventine uniforms and they have the light blue piping and shoulder straps of their diplomatic corps. Um, and so this is kind of a culture where very much everything is in these military uniforms if they're sort of associated with the government. Leading the group, you see a middle-aged woman with light skin, gray-brown eyes, and black hair. It's kind of neatly parted on the side and tied back in a tight bun. Uh, she has a sharp chin, a small mold just below into the left of her nose and kind of thin lips locked in a sort of perpetually neutral expression. Um, But before you can react, she's already on the group and she sort of gives a short nod to Sasha Green and says, 
Ms. Green, I heard a rumor that you and the Republic's expeditionary force might be showing up here. And kind of like under her breath, Sasha Green sort of whispers to you four and says, Lillian Gale, the Aventine Consul. And then she turns to the woman approaching you, and Sasha Green says, Consul, as you're aware, the Minerva Project is a mission of peace, not force. Uh, We're only here to offer aid and support, and only to those who request it. And the woman opposite her kind of cracks a smile, and she says, Please save your propaganda, Ms. Green. The people of The Verge can see right through it. Um, And at this point, Arno, the people that were kind of coming up behind you have sort of started to surround you. And they are all holding out their slates and recording, it looks like, video of this interaction. For the record, as soon as they start recording, uh, my posture, like before, as soon as I see them pulling out cameras, my posture completely changes. Uh, Like I, the smile on my face goes from shit eating grin to like very serious. My shoulders square. I stand taller. Uh, and I look, I start looking at them directly at the people recording or yes. Okay. So Lillian Gale kind of, um, continues and addresses the group and says, as for you four, given some of your backgrounds, it's hard to know if you're complicit or just being taken for a ride here. So I'll try to give you the benefit of the doubt. My name is Lillian Gale, Aventine consul to Ascension. And this is my vice consul, Ramon Herrera. And she turns and gestures at a man near the front of her entourage. The man seems to be in his early 40s, so sort of a bit younger than Lillian Gale is. He's tall, has tan skin, broad shoulders, and a sort of brushed back brown hair that ends just above his shoulders. And as he steps forward, he sort of gives the four of you an extremely curt nod. But Nasir, when he looks up, you see his eyes narrow slightly. But Lillian Gale kind of continues and says, I was asked by the First Minister to deliver this message to you personally to avoid any confusion about where the Commonwealth stands. The Minerva Project and its mission are clear violations of the armistice, which we will respond to in a time and in a manner of our choosing. But most importantly, I need each of you to hear this. If, under the pretext of providing support to your loyalists, you should even once use force against those who would seek independence from the Republic. The Commonwealth of Aventine will consider that an act of war. It is unfortunate that we had to meet under these circumstances, but I trust that I've made myself clear. Sorry, what was that? She just kind of rolls her eyes and says, Mr. Hines, I hope that your visit here is both uneventful and short and she walks away without responding to you is uh ramon here holding a camera by any chance no he just turns around and follows her as does the rest of the people wearing the uh the uniforms you can take your dogs with you it was starting to smell over here um so you say that and i i think a bunch of the people around you with the cameras start turning them and turn them to you or no uh a little higher please this is my better angle I think, like, at this point, Mara's going to, like, turn and, like, grab his wrist and look him yeah. dead in the eye and say, is this, is, this, is this your fresh start? Unflinching and looking at Mara, if they're going to turn this into propaganda, the best thing we can do is ruin the shot for them. So Sasha Green is looking pissed at that, I think. 
And she says, come on, we need to get somewhere a little friendlier and sort of pushes through the group and leads you down the hallway in the direction you were walking originally. I, as Sasha Green starts to lead people away, my feet are rooted to the spot. Mm -hmm. Uh, I am completely frozen and I am unmoving. Okay. So I think Leela's definitely going to notice that Nasir is not coming along. I think she's going to turn back and like try to make eye contact and see what's going on. Yeah. I'd say like this, this throng of people is kind of growing and is just like recording all of you. I think it's like they were not expecting the show that, that you kind of provided at the end there, Arno. And I think they're kind of like recording that. And then also like Nasir, you being frozen, you standing there, they're kind of recording you and realizing who you are at this point. I think uh, I see Nasir there. I see him frozen. I see the cameras and I want to go straight into the middle of the cameras and with as much bravado as I can muster. Come on, come all. The only time Aventine has the gall to stand up to the Republic is when they have us outnumbered and they're just standing here with cameras, everybody. Bravo to the brave men and women of the Aventine fighting forces. This Mm -hmm. grand show of intimidation is going to make a wonderful clip, don't you think? Yeah. Oh, no. Um, I think, like, Sasha Green looks a little mortified that this is happening. I think that Mara's going to shoot a look at Leela and say... I'll collect Arno if you can help Nasir along. And I don't know why the women are doing all the emotional labor. Fascinating. Yeah. <laughs> um, hey, Lauren, but I, hey, think- I know why. <laughs> Fascinating. <laughs> Fascinating. Do tell. Uh, but like, so I think that like Mara is going to attempt to, yeah, kind of uh, move like Arno in the direction where uh, Green is like. As leading. soon as you come over here, and here we have. The CTO of Denison, the only reason you can eat out here, Miss Mara Belova, the one and only. What has Aventine given to you at even a fraction to what she's able to do? Yeah, at this point, she's just pushing. She's pushing. Yeah, she's yeah. pushing. Yeah. I, yeah. And I think I think Sasha Green's kind of dragging, like almost yeah. like trying to physically drag you at this point. Yeah. I think when Leela wait, like when Leela comes to make eye contact with Nasir, my head will turn to look at her. And at first, I'm like very much looking past her. Yeah. And I like don't quite recognize her. Uh and then like I'll just blink, right? And the spell is sort of broken and I'll shake my head and like the persona's back on. Okay. Um, ap- apologies, Miss Malik. And I will turn and I will walk with her as like wherever she leads. Okay. okay. And I'm just gonna be like, I think we need you. Arno's <laughs> um, I don't know. <laughs> can I if if Leela says that I'll actually turn to the cameras. Um, mm-hmm. and in like, I will, in my best statesman voice, just say, um, it has been a long time since I have had the privilege of standing in the verge. I look forward to being here and continuing work. I began many years ago in seeking to better the lives of all of humanity as we reach across the stars. My colleagues and I, uh, are here to help in any way that we can. And to the people of Aventine, uh, I will wave my dyed hand. Uh-huh. Um, I hope we can continue where we once left off. And then I will turn and walk away. I'll take Nasir, as, like sort of snapping back into it as my cue to just like start walking off. Yeah. I think Sasha can kind of like, pushes you all forward and she's not like saying anything at first but 
within like a few hundred feet of walking and, and maybe it's even shorter than that, but you you're sort of taken to a, a lift um, that's in the center of the, of this ring uh, It's kind of like a round elevator. And that takes you up to a, a sort of transit station where this, those people movers that were traveling along the sort of inner circumference of the ring stop and you can get on and off to describe these. There's sort of like a, a string of cars where each one can, sort of fit maybe 10 or 12 people each. And the top and the sides are covered with windows out into space and sort of uh, where you can see toward the other side of the station's ring. And I think Sasha Green is like, lets you all in and kind of is like standing in the doorway to prevent any of the people that followed you up to the platform and are kind of still trying to record to get into the car that you're in. And after a few moments, the doors slide shut and the car starts to move away from the station. Uh, I'm actually just going to look to the group uh, and my like outside face is on uh, still. Yeah. And I'm like, uh, apologies, team. Uh, I wasn't quite prepared for the onslaught we received when we arrived. And I will turn to Arno and I'll like, I will be more prepared to handle things going forward yeah i think sasha green kind of like interrupts you and and says to you arno what the hell was that all about your first moves antagonist i would very much like to know what the hell you think you're doing running away like a dog with your tail between your legs from the aventine scum that just approached us with cameras you think that they can just come over here and walk all over us have some pride those people that had their cameras lieutenant were not from Aventine. They were from the rest of the Verge. And this is the face that you showed from the Republic. They wanted to see a face, then at least we put on a good one. I didn't see what the hell you were doing over there to help the situation out. You want to help out with the Minerva Project? You want to make sure that people want to join the Republic? Give them something to want to join. Show some strength. Show some spine. That's what we're here for. Think of the mission. Our mission is bigger than your ego. I hope you remember that, too. She kind of just looks away and ignores you at this point. And I think the, like, yeah, well, how's everyone else reacting to this, I guess? I think just Ma- Mara, like, to herself, just mutters structurally unsound. <laughs> <laughs> um, Lieutenant Hines, I appreciate in every sense of the word uh, your desire to project a strong face for the Republic. I would ask, as you respect Miss Malik's negotiating abilities and Miss Belova's scientific and technological expertise, that you allow me to handle the politics in front of the cameras. Show me you can next time and I won't feel the need to step in. Understood. And thank you for covering for me. Um... So after you pass two stops, you reach a station that's labeled Republic Quarter and the doors open up and Sasha Green leads you out of the car and back down onto the street. So in this part of the station, the sort of street, this hallway, again, that I was driving kind of angles off to one side of the ring. So instead of running straight up the middle, it kind of goes right up against the side wall and there's a kind of like larger wall of windows that offer a view out into space though i think pretty much for everybody it has this kind of eerie like disorienting appearance to see the stars spiraling outside um because as the the ring kind of spins and off to 
uh, to your other side, to the left, there's a uh, sort of walled off complex of structures um, above which you can see. And even though this is inside, there's kind of like a, a wall that goes maybe halfway up the sort of indoor level of the station that's obscuring view. But you see a couple Republic flags kind of uh, above this wall. So after walking a bit further, you reach an opening in this this kind of like wall or fence where there are a few uniform members, of the Republic fleet standing guard. Uh, what do you all do as you approach this group? These are officers of the fleet. They're yeah, crew members of the fleet. I don't think they're officers, but they're wearing Republic uniforms. They're just standing guard outside of this complex. And, and that's where Sasha Green's leading you. I just want, I want to know how you react to. Oh, I throw up a salute as I walk and I don't break stride really. Okay. Yeah, they they return the salute and uh i think that you walk up and they just check your slates right so this is a very different you know they're, they're not doing any kind of screening they're just trying to make sure that you are who they say who you say you are um, and they check your slates and and sort of make a note and gesture you into this complex which is kind of a series of buildings that make up the republic's presence on ascension once you're inside that perimeter uh sasha green kind of takes back over and leads you to what looks like a small row house kind of nestled between two larger structures within this sort of fenced off complex. Um, and to the left of the door, you see a nameplate that says Minerva Project, Ministry of Exploration and Development. And before we walk in, Sasha Green turns back to you all and sort of especially to you, Arno, and says, we may have our disagreements about the right way for the Republic to handle its relationship with the Verge, but we need to find a way to work together moving forward. And that means focusing on what we're really here to do, and that's to figure out what's causing these anomalies and what's killing the Verge before it's too late. Can we work together for that? Yes. I think she pauses for a second and then just nods and says well here we are and kind of opens the door and gestures you in we walk in yeah yeah <laughs> um, <laughs> thank you ATM, for this agency <laughs> want to see who goes first yeah so yeah so maybe maybe because you said that mara uh, sure. <laughs> kind of this, like gives a nod and, and walks into the mm-hmm. um into the inside yeah go ahead nasir. I, saying, I think nasir goes last and just before he walks in the door it's that scene of like the, the camera cut of him like looking back at like yeah, the sure. assembled soldiers and then it's like just a shrug and walks in (laughs) yeah it's like we hit it yeah yeah okay i like that so yeah you you walk in and and inside the building it looks like this used to be some kind of like official residence or event space so like right through the doors you're kind of taken past a small reception area um i don't think there's even anyone sitting there i think it's just like empty but it must have previously been like the foyer for this for this kind of like again like townhouse and i'm kind of just imagining like in an embassy complex, uh, you might have some like random building and this is kind of what that was before the Minerva project took this over, but you're led to the back by Sasha green and she takes you up a flight of stairs and you kind of come out into again, like a very converted space. This might've been like a sort of large sitting room or something, but it's been converted into a kind of command center. Um, So there are a few people sitting at desks with monitors some of their attire, I think, is a bit more casual than you'd expect. I think just like there for the job and that's it. 
the back wall is almost entirely covered in screens, which are currently showing a large map of the verge and also sort of several graphs and charts, the the meaning of which is unclear as you first enter. But leaning over one of the desks and talking to someone seated there, you see a man turn back and look up at you. And then as he kind of takes you in, um, a smile starts to stretch across his face. He's wearing jeans, a light gray V-neck t-shirt, and a black bomber jacket that's kind of uh, zipped up just over halfway. He has light skin, blue eyes, thinning short brown hair, and a stubble that's sort of halfway between brown and gray. And while I think most of you, um, or pretty much all of you, have seen some version of his picture by now, Arno, you immediately recognize this as Morris Shaw, who is the man from your dossier. So he, he, he kind of looks up at you and says, Oh my, you must be Arno, Leela, Mara, and Asir, right? It is an honor to finally meet you four. Um, and he walks up and goes to, to shake each of your hands. Uh, I take his hand and I shake it. And I'm, I mean, my camera face is still on. Yeah. And like has not dropped since the moment I recovered. Yeah. Leela and, and Mara. Yeah. Just yep. like pleasure. Shake, hey, yeah. shake hands, Sam. Uh, I think he gets to you last, Arno. Oh, dear. Uh, I mean, <laughs> I'll go for a salute. Okay. I think you go for the salute, and I think he, like, waves his hand because he's not in the fleet, right? But um, he just kind of nods at you. And then he says, My name is Morris Shaw, but everybody just calls me Shaw. Well, except for Sasha here, who in- insists on adding in director. Um, and when he says that, that uh, Sasha Green kind of closes her eyes in just like the mildest sign of irritation at him. And he says, I hear that you saw something down on Consus. I think Sasha said ghost ship. A ship of ghostly qualities, yes. Hmm. He says, well, uh, we better head up to my office. There's something I want to show you for. And with that, he kind of leads you up another flight of stairs and um, at the end of a short hallway, you reach a medium-sized office. It's maybe the size of a small bedroom. And maybe used to be a small bedroom uh, before it was kind of converted to uh, the Minerva Project's use. But Shaw picks up a slate from the desk, which I think is kind of a bit of a mess. But he finally finds the right one and sort of makes a few taps. And within a few seconds, you hear what sounds like a faint radio transmission playing from the slate uh which i will now play for you if you give me a moment chief come take a look at this have you ever seen so much of it no never wait What is it? There's... There's something else. Johnson? Wait, who are you? Stop right there. Let her go. Let her go right now. Stop. Stop! I'll shoot! Just shy of two years into the war... 
the fleet sent a recon team out to one of Aventine's moons. Two-person crew. Fighting on top was apparently fierce, but thinking was, if a small force could get in unseen, they could set back mining there for years. Now, from what I've been told, neither of the pair made it back to their ship. But shortly after that transmission, one of the ship's recorders captured these images. Um, and with, so at that point, he hands you the slate and sort of passes it across the desk. And as the first image on there, you see a dark gray ship moving quickly across the frame with the same tandem wings and overall shape as the craft that you saw in the mine. Um, and as you kind of flip through, you see in the last two frames of these images, in the first of those, the ship has become half transparent. And then in the very next frame, it's gone. Until now, I couldn't be sure if there was a, a connection between the ship and what was happening with the Lustra. But from the timeline the folks back on Earth put together, what I just showed you would have happened right around the same time as the first of these anomalies. Now, with what you saw in Consus, well, most of President Lee's advisors, they've already decided that Aventine is behind what's been happening in the Verge. As for me, I'm not sure. Call it a gut instinct. But whoever's messing with the Lustra, I'm convinced that this ship of yours... That's the key. Who else would stand to gain? That's not entirely clear to me, but looking at this, and he kind of gestures at the slate, there's only two groups I think could be responsible for that, and that's Earth and Aventine. So if you don't think it's Aventine, is it safe to say then that you think it's Earth? I don't think it's any secret that the fleet doesn't exactly agree with how the war ended. I'm gonna actually just give a like a surprising in a in a show a rare show of uh, actual internal emotions over here of mm-hmm. just quick eyebrow like stunned eyebrow raise that he was just honestly said that in front of me. Yeah. Now I'm sure you have a lot of questions still, and Sasha is gonna help you get settled in. But before we get to all that, um, and he kind of pauses and grins. Well, I've got one more thing for you. At this point, a single eyebrow just goes way up on the seriousness. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. So he kind of heads out of uh, the door and sort of gestures for you to follow him. And he leads you to the back of this this building where there's a small elevator. Um, and you know, I think you all fit in. It's, it's tight, but you can definitely fit. Um, but he presses the bottom most button, um, which is labeled B3. After the doors close and there's a few moments of movement, uh, the elevator doors open again and you are in a brightly lit, almost industrial hallway with nothing on the walls. But as you round the corner and pass through another set of doors, you walk into a large metal walled hangar. A long catwalk sort of extends out to your front along the right side of this room And on the left, you see a large ship resting on the deck, maybe 50 feet down, um, and extending probably another 10 up into the air above you. The ship is long and sleek, widening toward the back into a pair of downward arcing wings, with a tail that extends up and over the rear. While most ships that you've seen are painted some kind of gray or white, 
This appears to have only a clear coat over its underlying light metal, which catches the light to reveal a rose gold colored sheen. And along the side, in between sparks from some welding torches still at work, you see stenciled letters that say RSV Valiant running alongside the flag of the Republic. Fuck yeah. As you start to move down the catwalk, a woman in a blue jumpsuit notices you entering the hangar. She has light tan skin, brown eyes, and dark blonde hair tied into a neat bun. And as you get closer, she sets down the slate that she was holding, brushes off her clothes, and walks up to Shaw. And she says, Sir? Um, And Shaw kind of turns to you and says, Allow me to introduce Lieutenant Commander Allison Alba, captain of the RSV Valiant. I think he's making a bit of like a theatrical show of this. But as Shaw gives his introduction, Commander Alba turns to the four of you and sort of responds with a short nod. The Valiant was loaned to us from the fleet, though not before they outright gutted it. And Allie here got sent along with the ship. My guess is that they didn't like her much either. But once we got our hands on the Valiant, well... We decided to give it a few upgrades. You see that person down there with the torch? And he sort of points down where you see some of the sparks coming off uh, from the sort of continued welding. That's Charlie Zamora. If it flies, or at least if it's supposed to, Charlie here can get it running. And, well, they can probably fix up some other stuff for you, too. At this point, though, I'll leave you all be. Uh, let you take a look around. But uh, try to get yourself some rest, because once this Valiant's ready to fly, we're going to find that ship of yours, and we're going to find whoever's behind the wheel, too. We see the inside of a comms room somewhere on Ascension Station. The room is a small box, just bigger than a phone booth and it holds a single chair with a small, extendable desk. On the screen in front of you, Nasir, we see a line of text that says, Connection available shortly. Stand by. What's Nasir looking like right now? I think uh, alone in the room, the camera face has finally dropped. Uh, his brow is furrowed. His, my fists are clenched. Uh, my eyes are like staring a thousand yards away and I'm breathing heavily, but differently than we've seen me before. Uh, this isn't me about to panic. There is fury written all over my face. Okay. Well, after a few moments, the screen changes to instead say attempting connection. Um, and within a few seconds of that, the text disappears And we see on the video screen a a very tired-looking man. He looks to be in his 60s. Um, He has short, mostly gray hair, pale skin, and a sharp chin below his clean-shaven face. And when the video comes on, he's like kind of rubbing his eyes and looks up and says, Jesus, Nasir, do you have any idea what time it is here? I'm going to ask you this question one fucking time and you're going to give me a straight answer did you know 
Did I know what? When you sent me on this mission, did you know he would be here 